I'm Darren, and I'm one of the pastors here at Focus. And, and I just want to say that, that this is, I love my church so much, right? I just, I love my church. I really do. And I love being here with everybody that calls this their church home. And, and please, if, you're, if you call Focus your church home, could you do me a favor really quick? Could you just say, could you just let out a big shout for all of our guests that are here today? Come on, we are so glad. So glad that you are here with us. And we are just so blessed to be able to have you with us. But also, if you're looking for a church home, let me just say welcome home. We would love to be able to have you be part of the movement of God that's going on right here. We just believe in it so much, and we'd love to be able to have you part of it as well. So today we are in week three of a series that we are calling greater somebody say greater Greater. we're in week three of a series that we're calling greater and i i just have loved this so much i believe in this i believe in this series because i believe this series has so much potential it has so much potential to be able to to change our life right like let me ask you this question does anybody in here want to have different results from their life right like anybody ready to have like like I'm, i'm ready for something different because I need something different, right? Well, the reason why I say that this series has potential is because there's so many times that we want different results, but what we really want is we just want different results for the same way that we've always been living. For us to have different results, we have to change the way that we're living, right? Like, there's always a joke. Anybody ever, you've gone out to eat before, you're praying before your meal, uh, you know, in that really quick moment where the server's gone and you're like, quick, let's pray. You know, like, we don't want to make it awkward to anybody. Is that, I'm the only one with that? Come on now. Some of you, you know, like, we just, so you got, you got that real quick moment, you know, and then, and then somebody will, will make a prayer like, uh, uh, and Lord, just take the calories out of this, right? Like, anybody ever heard that one before, right? Like, yeah. Well, here's the thing. How many, we know it's a joke, but sometimes that's exactly what we're doing. We're praying that God would take the calories out of our junk food life that we're living. God, just, just give me different results for the life that I'm continuing to live. So if we're going to, if we're going to see different results inside of our life, I'm going to tell you, you got to change your life. you got to change the way that you're living. So then the question that I have for you today is, now who wants different results? Who wants to change your life, change the way that you think, change the choices that you're making, change even some of the relationships that you have? If you want different results, you, you got to change your life. That's really what it comes down to. Now, if that's you in here today, and you're, and you're saying, you know what, you, you're, you're speaking to me today. I'm ready for different results, and I'm ready for a different life. I need to make those changes and that's where the potential comes in. Because like I said, this series has potential, but it only has potential if you become an active participant in the series. You, you can't just be a passive observer sitting back, coming in on a Sunday and say, well, that was a good message, and then go on Monday and begin to live the exact same way that you always have. See, that's why Jesus is much bigger than just Sunday. Jesus' plan is bigger for you than to just show up on a Sunday. In fact, I'm going to tell you that, that Monday through Saturday is probably more important in your life than what Sunday is. Don't neglect, don't neglect the gathering of believers. Some of us do, right? Don't do that. 
but you got to be able to live it out. So if that's you today, and you're saying, I'm ready to become an active participant in this series, I'm ready to see different results, and I need to change my life, and I'm ready to see that happen, then I'm telling you, this series is for you. So then the question is, well, okay, well, how do I do that? How do I become an active participant? First, first you got to do this. Lean into this series. Lean in and take it serious. Take notes. Some of you, you like the old writing on the paper. You can doodle, like you, you think while you're doodling, processing it. Then do that. That's why we have talk notes available for you. Some of you take notes on your, on your mobile phone. Right? Take, take it out. Get the live version event that's going on and begin to take notes. And you can save that on there so that you can read that later on. Do that. Right? So the first thing that you need to do is you need to lean in. Begin to say, I need to take this seriously. I need to see different results, so I need to change my life. Number two is this. And the great thing that we're doing with this series is that this series isn't just being taught during this series. What? Right? Like, how does that work? Right? What we're doing is that we have launched our focus groups, but our focus groups are not meeting until the first week in November. So some of you that have said yes to a focus group that you're already getting emails, you're getting excited, you're getting text messages from your focus leader, all that stuff. It's so cool because what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be talking about this series in more depth as we go through the focus groups. For five weeks, we're going to talk about this series. And so if you have not joined a focus group, I'm going to tell you, get into a focus group. If you're ready to see different results and you're ready to change your life, I'm going to tell you, you need to invite yourself into a focus group. Go to the church center app. You're going to be able to have that. You're going to be able to see all the groups that are on there. Find the one for you and invite yourself. Join a group and say, I'm ready to see different results. I'm ready to change my life. This series has incredible potential for you, for our church. I believe it with everything inside of me. I'm telling you, if, let me ask you this question. Does anybody want to have a successful life? Come on, right? If you want to be able to have a successful life, do those things. Follow the plan that God has for you. Follow the plan that he has for you. You want to know what the plan that God has for you? Oh, man, it's so amazing. I love Jesus so much for the saving that he has for my soul for eternity. I love Jesus so much because he gave me a plan to live my life today. He has a plan for you. And you want to know what his plan is for you? John 10.10. 10 is for you to experience life. What kind of life? A full life. A full life. Not a life that is lacking. A life that is full. A life that is full. Come on, I'm telling you, if you, if you come here, you're going to hear this verse a lot. Because this is God's plan for your life. To live a full life. And not just a full life. The Greek word that is used here is parasos. Somebody say parasos today. Parasos. parasos. It means full, but it doesn't just mean full. It means exceedingly and abundantly. Come on. You know what God's plan for your life is? To live a life that is so full that it's not just at the top of the cup. It is overwhelming the cup, and it is overflowing from the cup. Yeah. So that what you experience in your life overwhelms you, overflows from you, and begins to impact the world around you. Come on. That's the kind of life that God has planned for you. A parasol's life. A parasol's life. A greater life. John 14, 12 says this. He says, very truly I tell you, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. Somebody say greater today. That's what God has for you. He has for you a plan to live a greater life. Come on. I love Jesus so much because I know I get to spend eternity with him, and I know that while I'm walking this earth, that he has greater things in store for me. He has greater things in store for you. Are you experiencing that? Some of you in here today, you're like, you know, I, I do. I love the greater life that, that Jesus has for me. But, but what about when life doesn't feel greater it, and it feels lesser, doesn't it? And aren't there moments? Anybody have moments where you, see, I, I know this, I know that I know that we're going to experience less than what God has for us when we don't follow God, right? I know that we're going to experience that when we're not following his plan for our life, when we're just living the way that we want to live. But I also know this. I know that there's, there's times, and, and you've been in that, where, where you're living a greater life. You've said yes to Jesus. You said, you know what, I'm, I'm done living the way that I want to live, and, and I'm, I'm ready to 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 start putting in the work. I'm ready to trust you and not just believe in you. And, and, and you know what? I've, been get, I've begun to, to experience a greater life. I really have. I've, I've, I've experienced exceeding joy, like times when I shouldn't be joyful. Like, man, I'm so full of joy when I'm talking to this annoying person in the line at the grocery store, right? That's just me, I guess, right? Nobody else is annoyed by people in the grocery store line. One of these days, I'm going to create my own personal space hoop, hula hoop. I'm going to have suspenders, and I'm going to have a hula hoop. Come on, man. You don't, like, you're not getting in line any faster, right? Like, it's just, you can put your cart back. I'm the only one, right? Like, but I have joy in those moments. How do I have joy in that moment when you just ran into my Achilles heel with your cart, right? Like, because Jesus has filled me with joy. Like, I've said yes to him, and I'm experiencing, I'm, I'm experiencing a peace that surpasses all understanding. I should not have peace in this moment, but I'm experiencing it. Like, I'm, I experience hope. I'm, I'm, I have these relationships now that are so life-giving. Some of you have experienced that just within the relationships that you found here at, at church, right? Like, I'm experiencing all of these things that are changing me, and, and I know that I'm beginning to be more like Jesus, and then all of a sudden, life just hits me with some news that I was not expecting. I'm living a greater life. I'm following after you. Then why all of a sudden are we talking about cancer in our home? I'm experiencing a greater life that we're, we're walking through these things and we're following after God. And, and I, you know what? I mean, I knew, I knew that our marriage wasn't the greatest, but I didn't think that it was going to be to the point where he just walked out the door. What do you do when you're going after the greater things of God, but, but life doesn't feel greater? It feels, it feels so much lesser, doesn't it? What do we do with those moments? How does that mean that we're living a greater life? I've got news for you today. That God's plan for you is to have a parasauce life exceedingly and abundantly more. God's plan is for you to be able to live a greater life but the reality is this, the greater life does not equal an easy life. 
How do you like that one? Right? A greater life does not equal an easy life. Jesus even tells us that. In, in John 16, 33, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world, you will have trouble. Hey, like that for the promises of Jesus, right? <laughs> yes and amen on that one, right? Like, all your promises, can we take that song back, right? Welcome to Focus, the, the feel-good church, you know? Like, you're going to have problems in this life. There's going to be trouble. There will be. There's no, you just don't have a choice in it. Because we live in a fallen world that's full of fallen people. That's full of fallen situations. And we have to deal with the consequences of all of that fallenness. So in this world, you will have trouble. I'm living a greater life, and now I've got trouble. How about this one? I don't know if this is necessarily going to uh, be a selling point for you to want to choose the greater life or the parasol's life. You're going to be like, uh, uh, you go ahead and have that one. <laughs> Because when you truly begin to walk through the greater life, you will experience not only trouble, you're going to experience opposition. You will experience opposition. You know this to be true because the greatest person that has ever walked this earth, whether you're a follower of Jesus or, or not, well, you know what, let me just say this. Whether you're a follower of Jesus yet, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, because I believe that if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, man, it's only a matter of time. So you should, you should just say yes today. Your life's going to be better if you just say yes today. Like just begin to follow the plan that he has for you. So even if you, uh, if you believe in Jesus or you don't yet, you can all agree. We can all agree that the, one of the greatest persons that's ever walked this earth is Jesus, right? And I'm pretty sure that Jesus, when he was walking this earth, he faced a little bit of opposition. He had some pain that he had to endure. He had some trouble that came about. He had to experience all of those things, just like you and I. And when you begin to live the greater life, guess what happens? You're going to experience opposition. Why? Because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy from you. When you're living the greater life, guess what you're doing? You're winning. And guess what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to loot. Take that L. That's what he wants you to do, right? Well, man, when you're living a life for Jesus, you're winning. And if you're winning, that means the enemy is going to come at you even harder. You should expect there to be opposition. You should expect for there to be trials. In fact, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not necessarily worried when I'm facing opposition I'm worried when I'm not. Life, life, is, life is easy right now. If life is easy right now, that must mean that I'm doing something that the, the enemy doesn't, he's not even worried about me. If he's not worried about me, I need to be a little bit worried. I want the enemy to worry about me. I want the enemy to worry about our church. I want to be able to face opposition. I want our church to be able to face opposition because that means that the gates of hell will not overcome us. Come on, somebody. In this world, you will have trouble. You're going to experience trouble. You're going to experience 
opposition. That's what God had. I'm telling you, that's what it is. It's following in the footsteps of Jesus. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter, who walked with Jesus, saw the pain and opposition that he had, and he wrote this encouragement to us. Dear friends, don't be surprised by those fire trials. Don't. We get shocked at times, right? Like, I didn't know. I was trying. I was, I was going through all of these things. How, why did this? Don't be surprised by fire trials. Not the ones that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Continue on. Instead, be very glad. I don't want to. I don't really want to be very glad with opposition because that's painful, right? Like, who gets, who gets joyful at pain? We should. Christians should. And the reason, why, the reason why you can be very glad when that trouble comes, when opposition is in front of you, is because for these trials make you partners with Christ. Come on, somebody. Experiencing Jesus doesn't mean you're just experiencing goosebumps. I want to become partners with Christ in his suffering. That is some hard teaching, isn't it? The greater life does not equal an easy life. The greater life, let me tell you, the great thing about this is that the greater life that God has in store for you is so much greater than the easy life. Just the easy life, what is that going to do? An easy life will make you weak. It takes pressure to make you strong. If you want to be able to have an easy life, you will atrophy. Just go ahead and sit in your recliner all day, every day, for two years straight. What's going to happen to your body? It's going to fall apart. What's going to happen to your spirit if you're just experiencing ease all the time? It's my lazy boy spirit. That's what it is. It's going to leave you weak so that as soon as one little trial comes your way, you're done. But be thankful for the sufferings. Be thankful for that because when you do go through sufferings, when you go through those moments, all of a sudden, your faith will persevere through it. And a faith that is persevered through it, that is a faith that is tested and true. We should be thankful be very glad for those trials because here's what I know. During the middle of the trial, it might be hard, but I'm getting stronger. Go ahead and test my faith because I want to be at the end of my days to have my Lord and my Savior say, I am amazed at the strength of your faith. I'm going to be glad in those moments. The greater life is so much greater than an easy life. In this world, you will have trouble. It's not going to be easy. It's not, but there's hope in that. There's hope in the trials. There's hope through all of the things that we go through. During this series, what we've been doing is we've been looking at one specific person in a specific time in history who lived the greater life, who went from just being an ordinary person, having an ordinary faith, to going to somebody who's living the greater life, living a greater kind of faith, and that person's name is Elisha. It's been really cool to see what's happened, like the moment that he chose. Like he had a special moment in history where, where God said, hey, now's the time. Now's a moment where you can live the greater life. And he ran after that moment. 
He ran after that moment and said, I don't want to just be in a moment with God. I want to be part of a movement of God. And he went after that. He ran after it, but he also made sure he had nothing left to run back to. He burned his plow. Somebody say, burn your plow. We want to burn our plows and make sure that we're going after everything that God has for us. Then we saw Elisha, that the impact that God had made on him began to have an impact in the world around him. And we needed to make sure that we made the commitment that we're going to trust God with everything, but we're going to work our tails to the bone. we got to do work to live the greater life, right? And so we need to dig our ditch. Somebody say, dig your ditch. That's what we've been walking through, right? And so we've been learning from this man, this man Elisha, and, and he is walking in the greater life. He is experiencing the greater life every single day. We're seeing miracles happen. He's seeing these amazing things that are taking place. He's starting to see the impact that he's having. Because, boy, it wasn't just, it wasn't just that God was moving inside of him. Other people saw it, and they said, we need to rally around that. And he had an entire school of prophets that he was, the pro, they got so big that they had to build a building. Come on, somebody. Let's go through a building project around here. You know, was, They were going through that. They saw these miracles taking place, and, and he is walking in the greater life. And we're going to see as he's walking in the greater life, he's going to experience some opposition. And that happens right here in 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. Well, I'll tell you what, man, this king of Israel, he must have a mouth on him or something because he's at war with people all the time, right? Like, can we just all get along anyway? After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So he's basically telling his leadership, he's like, hey, let's go over here, let's go over here. They're plotting out how they can go to war with the king of Israel. The man of God sent word to the king. The man of God is Elisha. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Hey, you need to watch out. Prepare of passing of that place, because guess what? That's where, that's where the Armenians are going to be. Don't go over there. Man, Elisha's like, He's James Bond, man. Like, he is a, the spy spy. He knows exactly what is going on. You don't need to wiretap anybody. Just have Elisha on your side. That's, what, that's what's going on, right? So the king of Israel checked, and, and sure enough, time and time again, Elisha warned the king, and that's exactly where the people were at. And so, so the king of Israel, he's got the advantage. Well, well, what did you know? The king of, of Armenian, he, he realizes, hey, something's happening. This is a little fishy right? Like we're having these conversations inside this room, but somebody's hearing about it. So I don't know about you, but I would assume we got a spot. There's somebody in here who's a double agent, right? And that's what he assumes. And so he even asks the question. He said, this enraged the king. He summoned all of his leaders and he's like, tell me which of us is on the side of the king? Who is letting it out? I want to know right now, right? I'd, I'd be in the exact same boat. Like I want to win a war. And so he, all of his leaders are like, yo, it's not us. It's not. None of us. It's not. I'm not uh, don't kill me, please. Right? Like, that's it. It's not us. Okay? Well, then who is it? It's Elisha. Elisha is telling, he's telling the king of Israel the very words that are spoken even in your bedroom. Like, we're not even in there. But God's telling Elisha everything that's going on. The greater life. The greater life being guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody, right? Like, that's powerful right there. Well, so 
if you're the king of Aram, like, what are you going to do? Let's go after that guy, right? Like, let's go after the guy who's, who's giving all of the information away. And that's exactly what he tells him to do. So then he sent the horses and chariots to the strong forces at the city that he was in. And they went at night and surrounded the city. Isn't that the way that it kind of goes? When you face opposition? Like you're, you're just living life. It's normal. Everything is okay. You're like, man, everything is, like we're, we're seeing miracles happen. We're being able to, to make sure opposition isn't there. And, and everything is fine. And then you go to bed. And the next morning, your world falls apart, doesn't it? It seems like that, it seems like that opposition comes just in a moment. Notice. It happens at nighttime. It surrounded the city. I don't know about you, but those are the moments that I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna respond to this. It just hit me out of nowhere. And, and some of you, it might even, it might even be like what. The servant of, of Elisha went through. So when the servant of the man of God got up, and he went out and early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots uh, surrounded the city. <laughs> Come on, somebody. A pregnant lady on the front row was like, that's disgusting. I'm going to throw up right now. <laughs> that's how we respond, isn't it? Oh my goodness, I was not planning on that. Oh my goodness, I am shocked by what just happened. We are surrounded. We don't know what we're going to be able to do. What are we going to do in the middle of this opposition? Remember, Peter said, don't be surprised when opposition comes. But many times we get shocked by it, don't we? We weren't anticipating it. We weren't prepared for it. We weren't ready for it. And so we respond with shock and awe. And it leaves us with two choices. See, when opposition comes, I'm here to tell you, because opposition will come. Either you're in opposition right now, or you're going to get to a place where there's going to be some. There's going to be trouble that's going to be there. So you have two choices on how you will respond. Two choices. And Elisha gives us the one, and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, the two choices that we have when opposition hits us and a situation that we weren't prepared for hits us is that we can either live in fear or we can live in faith. Don't be afraid. See, fear says this. I don't know what I'm going to do. Faith says, I wonder what my God will do. Fear says, I don't know how we're going to get through this. Faith says, my God will direct all of my steps. Fear says, what if such and such happens? Faith says, even if it does, I know that my God will come through for me. How are you going to respond when opposition hits you? Are you going to respond with fear or are you going to respond with faith? I'm here to tell you that the greater life responds with faith. But there's a problem, isn't there? 
See, the problem that we face when we're in those moments, the problem really that we face is this, is that we can, I can only see what I see. Like, isn't that true? Like, I, I, I want to, I want to be able to have that kind of faith, God, I want to be able to live in that kind of faith, but, but, but help my unbelief, because the only thing that I see is what I see. I only see the tangible world, so God, couldn't you just make it tangible for me to see the miracle? Can't you just make it real for me? Because I want to I be able to follow after that, but I only see what I see. That's the problem that we run into. Well, you talk about this greater life, but do you know the situation that I'm living in right now? Do you know the financial hardship that I'm having to deal with? God's not calling me on my phone. It's all my creditors are calling me on my phone. And I don't know how to get past that because I only see what I see. That's where the servant of the prophet was from, and that's where we find ourselves to. We have our focus completely upon our situation. And let me help you with this. If that's where you find yourself in the middle of your trouble, if that's where you find yourself in the middle of your situation, if that's where you find yourself in the middle of opposition, when you find yourself in fear because you only see what you see, then the prayer that I have for you to step out of the ordinary life and to begin to step into the greater life is the prayer that Elisha says. And this is exactly what he says. He says, open his eyes. If you want to step out of the ordinary life and step into the greater life, the step that you need to make is that you need to open your eyes. Somebody say, open your eyes today. That's what God has for us to do. Because the ordinary life we put our focus upon our problems instead of putting our focus upon our provider. The ordinary life puts our focus upon our situations instead of putting our focus upon our Savior. The ordinary life puts our focus upon our hardship instead of putting the focus upon His kingship. There's a huge difference between the ordinary life and the greater life, and that greater life means that you open your eyes. We only see the surrounding of the city. And we forget to raise our eyes up to the hills and to see the army of the Lord that's already gone before us. Don't be full of fear. Because greater, greater are those that are with us than the ones that are with the world. I know that my God is fighting for me. Come on now. Deuteronomy 31 says this. The Lord goes before you. The Lord himself Come on, somebody. The Lord himself, the creator and sustainer of the universe, the all-powerful, he speaks the word, it is done. Himself goes before you. And we're worried about our situation. The Lord himself goes before you. He knows what is going to happen before you do. Why am I worried about it? God's already seen it. He's going to come through. Why am I worried about it? The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. When? At all times. At all times. When is he going to be with you? When you're on the mountaintop victory? When you get to celebrate all the things that God has done for you? 
oh my goodness, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the work that you've done inside my marriage. I can't believe the way that she talks to me right now. It's so building me up. I can't believe the way that he treats me. Man, God, you are done such an amazing thing inside of our marriage. God is with you in those moments, right? God's with you in the middle of just the everyday stuff. How was life today? It was just fine. It was no big deal, right? Like, like you turn into a teenager. How was life? It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I love all of our teenagers here. You know that's how you talk. It was fine. I'm going to talk to my parents. I'm going to talk to my fam. That's what I'm going to do, right? That's what we do. He's with us even through the mundane moments. He's with us when we're just on our way to work. He's with us when we're driving. He's with us when we're talking to people. He's with us, when, he's with us all of the time. He's with us when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death. And this opposition, this opposition that just feels so overwhelming to us, he's with us in those moments. The Lord himself has gone before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. Even when it's discouraging, even when we got this news that I just don't know how to deal with, right? Don't be discouraged. Be full of faith. The greater life doesn't live in fear. The greater life lives in faith, right? But here's what I know is that <laughs> life isn't just rah-rah, right? Life isn't just a Sunday morning message, that we just like, yeah, let's go after all this opposition that we're facing, right? It's not, it's not. Because those moments when they hit, where they hit, don't they? Here's what I know. Difficult moments, they're difficult, <laughs> right? They're hard. It's so hard to actually walk through those difficult moments. And we know that we're supposed to be in the middle of faith. We know we're supposed to walk in it, but it's just, it's hard. Sometimes the weight just feels overwhelming, doesn't it? How am I supposed to take another step? Because I, I feel like I'm going to crumble underneath this. I feel like I'm going to crumble underneath this thing. And you're sitting here talking like, yeah, you should just go after it with everything that you have. Yeah, go, you know. But I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with the weight of this. And then I hear a Christian or I hear a pastor say something like this. God will not give you more than you can handle, right? <laughs> Which is completely false. You know what scripture says? He will not tempt you with more than you can overcome. Temptation is different than our situations. Temptation is completely different than our situations. I don't know about you, but I have definitely been in situations that I could not carry on my own. And I plan on being in more of them. I'm not going to be surprised when I go through something that I don't feel like I can carry on my own. Because the good thing is, is that I know that God has put amazing spiritual brothers 
and spiritual fathers around my life. I know that God has put amazing spiritual sisters and spiritual mothers around my wife's life so that we don't have to carry it on our own, but we have a group of people around us that can help us carry it. But I also know that some of those situations, that they are going to be bigger than even what we can face together as a group. And I'm so thankful for those. In fact, I'm full of joy in those moments. Because that means that I don't trust my own abilities. That means that I don't trust my own talents. That means that I don't trust my own strength. That means that I'm trusting completely in God. So here's what I want to tell you. When you're going through a situation that is more than you can handle, you need to hand it over to God. He's already overcome. The greater life means that you hand your situation over to God. The greater life means that there's going to be opposition. Here's what I know. I know that uh, I know that there are many of you in here today who are facing opposition right now. That this season has been a difficult season. It's been a difficult season of your life. And I know that because we've walked through a lot of those things with you. I look around this room and I see, I see people who have gone through relationship issues. I look around this room and I see people who walk through financial issues. I look around this room and I see people who have gone through, through physical issues. And it feels overwhelming. No, it is overwhelming. In fact, one of those people stands up here with me every Sunday, Pastor Frankie. If you don't know the story, this past summer, uh, oh, you've had, you guys have had a year. You had an amazing year. You got to welcome in Lucy. The birth of their, how old is she now? Eight months old? Seven. Seven months old. Come on. Just the most beautiful little smile. The baby is just growing and healthy. And, and every time she's around us, she's just, she's just always laughing and always having a great time. And, and I'm so glad because then she can just go home and cry. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Don't you love that, right? She just got such a, a captivating spirit about her. But then also this year, after the birth of their amazing daughter, we found out that Cassandra has, she had lymphoma that was covering her entire abdomen. Whew. That was a rough day. That was a day full of trials and pain. I remember getting the call from them and just in this place of just, you're not going to believe this, Pastor. If you know Cassandra, Cassandra is young, very health conscious, probably more than anybody else here. You know, I mean, like she goes after it. She's a personal trainer. She watches what she eats. You know, I mean, even sometimes watching it so much, you cut an almond in half. I only get one almond right now. Come on, that's discipline right now. I love it so much. Powerful. Where did cancer come from? Right? overwhelming here's what I know 
walking through this situation with both of them is that the conversations that we have is not about cancer, it's about trusting God. Even the first time that I had a conversation with Frankie and he told me what was going on, he's like, Pastor, we're trusting God. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We don't even have a diagnosis yet. We don't even know what's going to be taking place. We know that God's got it. And then it's been, it's been so easy since then, right? <laughs> Man, every single day, it's just, it's just unicorns and rainbows. And we're just trusting God's going to come through when I got cancer, when I'm going through chemo. When you're sitting at home and Cassandra's sitting there and just, just having all of the after effects of that treatment. What I know is that difficult moments are difficult. And there's moments that we walk through. Even when we have faith, they're still going to be so hard. And I'm here to tell you today that, that we've walked through those hard moments. We've walked through the difficult moments. And we're still trusting God. We're trusting God for a full healing. Come on. We believe in him for a full healing. Because what I can tell you is that the greater life is the greater life is not an easy life, but the greater life is full of miracles. Elisha, Elisha prayed that his servant would have his eyes open. And then he prayed, then he prayed that the army would have their eyes shut. And when the army had their eyes shut, they were completely blinded. A miracle. And then what he did is he walked out to that army and he said, hey, guess what, guys? You got the wrong town. And he led them to another town, the town where the king of Israel was at. And he led them all over there, another miracle. Why would you believe somebody, right? But they all walked after him, and they walked right into the middle of the city. And all of a sudden, he prayed that their eyes would be opened again, another miracle. And all of a sudden, without a fight being drawn, without a sword going on, all of a sudden they had to surrender. A miracle. The greater life will have opposition, but the greater life will be full of miracles. The greater life is full of hope. And the hope that I have for you, you know that promise that Jesus gave us? Oh, you're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. Guess what? There is hope in the middle of that. I didn't finish that verse. I didn't finish what God had to say at the end of that one. Jesus says this in 1633. He says, I have told you those things so you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Listen, church, you didn't overcome the world. Jesus overcame the world. You didn't overcome your situation. Jesus overcame your situation. You didn't overcome your, your problems. Jesus overcame your problems. We are going to trust him. We're going to live a greater life. We're going to have our eyes open. Church, could you please stand with me today? Because I know this, that all of his promises are yes and amen. Oh, I'm going to live like my chains are gone.